The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by FIRST. FIRST knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there is never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. FIRST powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at first.io. So I got to talking with the amazing Paula Montofer out here in uh, Flagstaff, and she jumped on board as well. And she and I and a bunch of other realtors got together, created a, a program here in Arizona called the uh, Agent Safety Alert Program, which is a, a texting program that we've got. If we've got a major alert that happens, um, we alert AAR and they send out text messages to that market to let people know what's going on. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 160 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow. Uh, remember that um, if you have an opportunity and you're over at iTunes, and leave a uh, please leave a rating and review. It always helps us as well. So uh, I'm excited. I get to travel back to my, my, my second home state of Arizona, where I spent 17 years with uh, Chicago Title and one of the opportunities in Phoenix was we got to visit with a lot of the people from Tucson or up north in the Flagstaff area or over on the river. And my guest today is someone uh, from the Tucson gang. And uh, I can't wait to talk to her. Her name is Emmy Simpson. Emmy is with Realty One Group in Tucson. Emmy and her husband, Kent, were, were really involved in a lot of different things at the state level in Arizona. And let's find out more from her. Emmy, welcome to the podcast. Mr. Risser, good to talk with you. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. We, we do miss your face around Arizona. I will say that. Oh, that's great. I think that, I don't know if that's good or bad. Okay, I'll go with good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I mean, I think it was about 10 years ago that I met you uh, at a at the Phoenix Bar Camp. Does that sound about right? Didn't you and Kent come up to the uh, ones in Scottsdale? <laughs> We did up to the ballpark. We came up, um, and I think it was probably my first year in real estate that I went up with Kent, yeah. and it was gosh, it was wonderful. Yeah, that was those were the days we had uh, the, the the biggest maybe four or five hundred people uh, show up. But yeah, yeah. So back to Tucson is is that your hometown? Is that where you grew up? No, it's not. I was actually born in Chicago, and. Okay. We, we traveled around quite a bit. My dad was in, in the insurance business. Actually, he still is. And we traveled around as traveling salesmen do. We ended up in El Paso, Texas, where I grew up and uh, graduated high school there. And gosh, my folks are still there 40 years later. I, I think I remember some Cubs paraphernalia uh, with you. There's still that connection to Chicago, right? Oh, absolutely. My Cubs, bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got your championship. It's all good. It's all good. Um, let's, let's, I know. Yeah. Let's talk about Tucson for a little bit. I've had a few guests on from Tucson, you know, Eric Gibbs and Steve Redman, a few others. I, I, I like to help people get a sense of what Tucson is because I think it sometimes gets 
kind of lost in the the Phoenix shadow, right? Phoenix is, you know, a huge 3 million people roughly in that area out of the 6 million in the state. The Tucson is much smaller. So let's, you know, it's nicknamed the old Pueblo. How would you describe Tucson to somebody who hadn't been there? You know, I always tell my out-of-state buyers, you know, Tucson may be a big city. I think we've got about a million people here now, but it's got that really has that small town feel. It's very diverse. I mean, we've got, we're a college town with the U of A. We're a military town with Davis Monson. Um, and we've got great communities throughout, like, you know, Salrita to the south and Low Valley and Murana. As clients come in and buy their homes here and get get to know the area they're like you know what you're right this really has a small town feel to it yeah one reason i love it yeah i agree it's uh, i've played a lot of golf down there you know you can go down to that green valley right and there's all kinds of stuff as you kind of head down the highway there very cool yes it's got everything you could ever want from you know if you're a millennial we've got all the nightlife if you're older we've got you know great plays and concerts and you name it we've got it here it's really cool now are you like most in the business was there something you did before you became a realtor well in my previous life i was actually in radio for about 20 years really I, well i started out it was mainly small market started out in el paso and did a lot of my time in las cruces new mexico and I lived on the East Coast for about five years. And in that time, I switched and was an instructor with Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Crystal City, Virginia, for about four and a half years. Is that the one I see the ads for, or was that Columbia School of Broadcasting? Are there two different ones? You're probably, yeah, it's two different ones. Okay. Connecticut wasn't as big. Columbia has always been the big one. Okay. And Connecticut was more East Coast. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You mentioned Las Cruces. You you still do you live still part time in New Mexico? Because when I was back in in uh, Arizona, you would split time between the two areas. Are you still doing that? We are. Um, both of our sets of parents live there. Mine in El Paso. Kent's parents are in Las Cruces, so we do take you know about once a month. We'll go back and check on them and make sure they're behaving. You know, just check in with old friends, that kind of stuff. So yeah. we do go back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, I love that. Let's, we're talking about Kent. Kent, uh, your husband, also a realtor, really involved as yes. well in the state, actually national level too, I believe. Yes, how, he is. How did, when and where did you meet Kent? Well, like most folks these days, we actually met online on a sports message board that I was an administrator for, for the New Mexico State Aggies. Wow. Awesome. All right. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> what more can I tell you? The crazy thing is that I actually knew his mother long before I ever met him. I did a community talk show with my best friend and his mom was a volunteer and board member for one of the uh, domestic violence shelters in Las Cruces. And they'd come on a couple of times to talk about, you know, events and things like that. So when Kent and I finally met in person, we were like, wait a second, I know you. And uh, it was kind of funny. Now, did did is, is Kent an Aggie? Is that where he grew up? Yes, Kent okay. was born and raised in Las Cruces. So, okay. and his, like I said, his family's still there, and third generation farmers wow. as well. Fourth generation farmers, yeah. Oh, that's great. You have this this career going on uh, outside of the world of real estate. What year was it when you decided to get into the business? 
I got my license in New Mexico in 2000, I want to say 2010 is when I decided to, I'd always been interested in real estate and I finally just, you know, decided to take the jump in 2010 and signed up in New Mexico and was there for a few months before I moved over to Tucson. And were you already um, with Kent at this time? We were in the beginning stages, shall we say. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the relationship was blossoming. How's that? Yes, there we go. There we that go. works, yes. So what brought you down to Tucson then? What was the what was the impetus to relocate from uh, uh, from New Mexico down to Tucson? Well, number one, it was the with Kent. I uh, wanted to come over. And secondly, I always Tucson was always one of those cities. It's only four hours from where I was. And it always intrigued me with the uh, with Davis Monson here and just everything that was going on. So when the opportunity came up, I was like, you know what? Let's go for it. So over I came. Yeah, you mentioned Davis Monson. That's the Air Force Base just south of downtown. And you you have your MRP designation, right? Your mil it's, it's that military relocation professional. Correct. Yes, yeah. I do. Uh, so talk about talk about that part of your business. How really how important that is, um, you know, the challenges. Talk about that a little bit. Working with a, a military family, um, it's very different from a regular, to me, it's very different from a regular transaction because you've got such tight deadlines. Sometimes you'll get a call from an incoming member. Well, I got my orders and I have to be there in a month. And you and I both know that's not a lot of time to no. uh, get a transaction put together. Sometimes you're dealing with them when they're overseas. I did that a few years ago with a couple that were in Italy, and all of my showings were via Skype, walking them through the house or just recording videos so they could look at it later because we were about, I think we were about 12 hours difference, somewhere near there. And sometimes, you know, you get that military family that wants to buy something, and as you're talking to them, as a professional, I have to tell them, you know what, it's not a good idea for you to, to get into a home purchase. You're not going to be here long enough. So let me get you over to a property manager so they can help you find something for the duration. Right. Um, kind of goes against what we do. But, you know, in hindsight, I've done that a couple of times. And it's been for the benefit of that military member not to go down the home path. You're helping them make a smart business decision. You have a fiduciary responsibility, and and that's only going to, in my opinion, lead to referrals probably, or that person kind of saying, "Hey, you got to talk to Emmy. She's she's really straight up, and she's going to look out for you, right?" Exactly. We've gotten referrals from doing that. You know, I tell them if you're going to be here less than three years, let's look at getting something as a rental for you because it just doesn't make financial sense, really, right. and you know, it, it helps them understand. I get a chance to educate them on the home buying process and get them to understand exactly what goes into it. Yeah. And then when you run the numbers, they're like, oh, okay, you know what? You're right. Right. They, 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 uh, they understand it. They want to be a homeowner. Everybody wants that. But sometimes you got to, you have to do what's, what's right for your family, what's right for your financial future. Like I get that. Exactly. You know, yeah. Let's talk about volunteerism. Many, many guests on the podcast are just donate so much of their time to the back to the industry, right? And you and Kent are no different. You, you, I mean, it's local, state, national. I know you do, you've done things with the NAR convention where you're out there, um, kind of either live blogging or, or, 
or sharing and streaming what's happening. T- tell me why um, this, why it's so important to give back like that. Number one for me and for Kent is, you know, it's, I feel like it's a responsibility for us to give back to the industry, whether it's any one of those levels. Locally, I can help my local agents all the way up to national where we can go and we network and we learn from all of these other incredible agents about, you know, what's going on in, in their markets. How are we taking care of it in our market? One thing Ken has said repeatedly, it makes us better agents being able to either sit in on the committees that we're on or going to other committees and learning what's coming down the pike so we can come back to our communities, you know, come back to Tucson and tell our other agents, hey, look, we've got flood insurance um, issues that we need to be aware of or we've got, you know, this tax issue or what have you. It really helps us be better informed agents and in that in turn helps us take better care of our clients. Yeah. So there is, and we'll call it an ROI on those hours that you spend mm-hmm. doing that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I follow you very closely on social media and you are really heavily involved in um, the realtor safety um, I, uh, programs, uh, either on a local or national level. Um, let's talk about that. Like, um, First of all, how'd you get involved with that? And go ahead and take this opportunity to share a couple of things that, you know, realtors need to know to, 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 to be safe. Well, you know, it's always in the back of my head about realtor safety. When I first got started and did my first open house here in Tucson, I had a little bit of a scare. And that made me just kind of, you know, click in my brain, okay, this is something we need to, to be aware of. I think it really clicked for me after what happened with Beverly Carter back in 2014. Mm-hmm. It made so, so many headlines around the country and it created that buzz in the industry. And I thought, you know, we really need to pick up on this and carry forward. So I got to talking with the amazing Paula Montofer out here in uh, Flagstaff and she jumped on board as well. And she and I and a bunch of other realtors got together, created a, a program here in Arizona called the uh, Agent Safety Alert Program, which is a, a texting program that we've got if we've got a major alert that happens um we alert aar and they send out text messages to that market to let people know what's going on and you know past that it's just word of mouth it's getting out there teaching um here in tucson paula travels as well we've got other instructors i'll be up at the, the nar tech edge doing a little safety talk you know it's really been embraced here in Arizona at AAR to carry this message of safety forward. So whenever we get an opportunity to bring that message out, AAR is like, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, see what we can do to help you out with this mission. Yeah. The, uh, the Beverly Carter foundation is, is a, a, a good website to go to, right? You've probably met Carl Carter, uh, Beverly's son. I have not met him, but I am meeting him next week. I'm actually going up to uh, Prescott. They're doing a, or Prescott, excuse me. Um, they're doing an event next Friday and he's going to be speaking there. So I get to go up and finally meet him. I've been on the Beverly Carter board and their uh, education chairman for gosh, most of this year, but I have never met him yet. So oh. this is my opportunity. Say hi for me. Yes, he's a great guy, and he has. It's it's a, a tragic story, but he's doing great things, you know, to to help 
others with it. So, um, yeah, he's he's doing amazing stuff. That's great. Let me. He is. It's a, you know it's upward bat. It's an uphill battle because agents look at safety and they go, oh, not again, really. But you know, it's something we've just got to keep this conversation going nonstop. Right. I agree. I agree. Let me let me ask you some questions about your business. You're I'm just going to guess that you're more sphere based kind of for leads than you are on internet leads, or is it? What which way do you swing on that pendulum? You know, it's going to be probably 50-50 on that. Last year, I'm going to say my internet leads were probably 75% of our business, whether it was just being on, um, you know, internet boards on Facebook or whatever to the Zillow business that we do. This year, it's kind of switched a little bit. We're getting a lot of our past clients. They're ready to sell. They're ready to um, upgrade, downgrade, move out of town. It's just kind of, it's, you know, it, it changes every single year. So, you know, my take, you know, from listening to the podcast, because I know you've listened to a few episodes and I'm, I'm so focused on relationships and how important they are in our business. What's your take on that? Oh, it's, it's absolutely probably one of the most important things in this business are the relationships going to NAR mid-year and going to the November meetings to the Arizona realtor conventions to we go over to the New Mexico um, meetings in the fall. All of those things help us build our, you know, our referral network, our learning network. Those relationships are so, so, so important. You know, you're not going to get along with everybody, but you're going to learn nuggets from everybody. And depending on what niche your business is in, those those relationships are so very important. Uh, I can't stress that enough. I, I agree. I think that um, sometimes I I, I kind of watch what people do online, and I, I think, oh, how's that helping you build a relationship? <laughs> you got to have. That, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. need that relationship lens on all the time, right? I think that would that would help. But we'll we'll get there one one agent at a time, Emmy. We'll just keep working on it. Uh, Oh, I know. You know, the funny thing is that, you know, Jeff Chalmers. Oh, yeah. And he I, doesn't know Chalmers. I love this guy. I love this guy. And we got to meet him. He came up for the Arizona Realtor Convention this year. And the relationship, I'm learning mortgage from him. And he's way across the country. And he's letting all of us know what's going on in the industry. And I read that and I see what other people are saying. And some of those folks have commented, you know, I've, been able to, you know, chat with them, house the market where you are, and we friended up and learned back and forth. It's not just those conferences, it's that social media presence that you've got to be very careful of how you present yourself and culminate those relationships. You never know where it's going to lead down the road. It's something I, I work on every single day. Well, and I can see that. So that's, uh, you do a great job there. So keep up the great work. Thanks. Um, I want to talk about the bar. We'll go back to the bar camp. So we had the Phoenix bar camp going for a couple of years and it didn't take long for, for a, a group of you down in Tucson <laughs> to go, we need our own. And uh, I was able to, I think I made it down to two of them. Uh, both of them at the, uh, I think the Tucson electric park. Right. So you, you right. Yeah, you know, sports. That's right. Yeah. You were able to keep the uh, same kind of feel that we had up in Phoenix, but talk about, what inspired that group? I think it was you and Kent, maybe Steve Redman. I'm not sure about who else, but talk about starting that thing up. How much fun was that? How much work was it? <laughs> and, and are you still doing them? 
No, we've not done them in a couple of years. Um, And I wish we would, because I love the bar. I love that bar camp concept of sitting in a room and learning from your peers and being able to have that back and forth and get those burning questions answered on tech or or whatever. Um, We started it because there was a great interest in getting something like that down here. We'd all travel up to Scottsdale. We were thinking, why can't we do that here? So we got to, Steve was the guy that really got the ball rolling and, you know, got sponsors and and did all the the legwork and got the speakers in. I wish we would get back to the bar camps because they were so much fun. Um, Again, the networking, the relationships that came out of bar camp have, you know, lasted to this day for me. You you and I met at one of them and uh, we've been good friends for Gosh, 10 years, I guess you said. But right, pretty close. It's just yeah. a, pretty close. I mean, it's a wonderful concept. And I think I keep bugging. I think it's Dane Briggs. It's like, when are we doing another one? Come on, can we do another one up in Phoenix? So, which means you'd have to come back. So I'll announce this right here that I, I have said to people like Nick or Ashar, whoever, that if a bar camp does come back to Phoenix, uh, I'll I'll come back for that. I how could I miss that? That'd be awesome. So, fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, we had so much fun at those. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of change coming in our business. We see it happening. You know, Arizona is kind of like the Phoenix more more so than Tucson, but Phoenix is like the testing ground for every new model out there, right? Whether it's open door offer, yeah. all these things. Um, so with with all this stuff coming, all these venture capital backed, you know, companies that are showing up everywhere. How does the individual agent or the team like you and Kent, how do you compete and win in that, this new world we're heading towards? Well, I think, you know, the big thing for, for us is we just watch and learn. We see what they're doing, how they're going about their business model. I always say, look, okay, so it's a different way of doing real estate. All models are welcome. You know, as long as they're doing it correctly and treating the customers right, then, you know, all all models are welcome. You know, they're not down here in Tucson, like you said. So I kind of watch what my friends up in Phoenix are, are going through and dealing with. And, you know, more power to me, and I'm probably going to be yelled at, but more power to them. I don't see how we haven't really been affected down here. So it's it's, for me, it's tough to say how it would affect us. I think we just go ahead and, you know, continue on doing our business as we always have been and treating our clients the way they should be treated. I think we'll be fine. You may talk to somebody up in Phoenix that will go, Hey, wait a second. But, um, (laughs) you know, that's how I look at it. It's just another business model that, you know, maybe I'll pick up the tip or trick from them, but uh, we'll just continue on as we, as we have been. And, you know, if they come down to Tucson, then all right, let's see what happens. So there's still that whole relationship side of things and the ability for you, especially to know Tucson, like, you know, Tucson, right? I imagine mm-hmm. somebody who shows up and says, Hey, I'm really looking for a golf course like this, or I need a couple of suggestions for restaurants. You're like, you know, that cold, you're able to share that instantly. A company like, like open door offer pad might not be able to offer the same level of expertise that you can offer. And I think that artificial intelligence and algorithms aren't going to be able to do that yet. Right. But you can. No. Yeah, exactly. I'm the one that's sitting. I'm just I just finished a deal um, 
for a family who were doing an estate sale and an algorithm isn't going to be able to call them at 10 o'clock at night when, you know, they've gotten into, you know, a sad place because they've lost a family member and they're not really sure what they're doing. They don't have the ability to sit there on the phone for 20 minutes and just listen and guide and be that sounding board and help them through what's a really tough, tough place. They can't be on the on the phone with my military guy over in Italy. Like I said, different business models, but I really think that real estate is always going to need that human touch, no matter where what models come up. I agree. Emmy, I've had you here the half hour. I've asked of you. I'm so as you know, I ask the exact same question on every episode. So for the one hundred and sixtieth time, I'm gonna ask this question. <laughs> what? Let me get the drum roll. There you go, yeah. What one <laughs> what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? Education. Without a doubt. Um, one of the things that I didn't do my first year and I should have was, yeah, I've just taken my 90 hours and I've taken my contract class, but I need to get back into the classroom and really learn the business. I need to learn the forms. I need to learn risk management. I need to learn business management. A lot of stuff that we don't get in the real estate schools um, kind of gets pushed by the wayside. We just, we get our license and whoo, we're done. We're out of here. Let's go sell a house. And I think it would really benefit new agents to get back to the classroom and do some post-licensing education. We don't do that here in Arizona, but if we want to raise that professionalism, I think it would be just, if this industry just really needs to get those new agents back into the classroom, get get them into a mentoring program and get them, you know, just practicing for six months on the street so they can really see what they've gotten themselves into. <laughs> nice. Emmy, if somebody wants to, <laughs> if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, let's see. My website is TucsonMilitaryHomes.com. They can hit me there. I'm on Facebook quite a bit. They can look me up on Facebook, Emory Simpson, and uh, be glad to chat with anybody if they've got questions about safety or Tucson or what have you. Always glad to help. Yeah, I'll put links to that on the show notes uh, for anyone that's listening to the episode. And and uh, Emmy, thank you so much for your time. I'm really, I, I'm way late getting you on this podcast because you've been such a fan uh, and you're such an um, advocate for 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 the word realtor and for the military families and now with safety so thank you for everything you do and uh and i look forward to seeing you next time i'm back in arizona please come back out we miss you and thank you so much for having me on it's it's been fun